one. Hey guys, kick it. Cool. Oh, this is a new interface too. This is going to be a really interesting pod because I'm going to talk about spend the first 30 seconds talking about the updated Zencaster interface. Is it new for you guys too? No. Nope. It looks awesome. the same. So I'm the only one. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. So That's how you guys where... been? Where you been? <laughs> That's where all the money went that they've been asking me for. They've been emailing, yeah. fundraising, uh, which yeah. is concerning. Hopefully they're not listening to this. But whenever a business is like, dear customer, we could use money. I'm like, are you, are, am I Mary Kay now? Is that what I am? Yeah. Is this a Where is my money going? Yeah. I, I am, I'm giving you money. It's for the services that you're providing. I thought that was the, the, the deal here. Mm-hmm. And thank you know. for that. I didn't get any of that. Okay. All right, fellas. Yeah. Hello point, and welcome. At some point, we're going to have to do something about that music. Yeah. Like, it's fun. And we... Well, it's fun <laughs> once or twice. AI generated. Yeah. 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 There's new AI generation music models now that we can use and get much better music. Should we hold Maybe ourselves just... to AI? Well, yeah, sure. I, I'm too lazy to do anything else. I don't know. <laughs> if, if I'm not lazy. Fans, I just don't have any talent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't have fan. I don't have talent. We, do we if we have a fan that is an amateur music person hook it wants to it wants to collab hit us up By collab, <laughs> cool. we mean you do all the work you send it to us we'll play it at the start of every episode and that's yeah. it and we'll say shout outs to whoever uh for the yeah. music uh thanks so much and then you'll get that every episode mm-hmm. yes literally yes. dozens of people will hear your name once yeah. a week, unless something happens and we either have there a scheduling difficulty dozens. or audio difficulties. Yeah. Dozens yeah. of us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we should tell everybody who's tuning in what this is, right? Mm-hmm. It's just three lawyer friends goofing around. Nothing you hear should be legal. Should be taken as legal advice or technology advice or investment advice or anything other than maybe don't put your money in Silicon Valley Bank. I will go out on a limb <laughs> and I'm going to give that. That is formal investment advice from me, Andrew Leahy. Don't put money in Silicon Valley Bank. That this seems is the like best good time advice. to do it, though. This is mm. this is a buyer's market. It's like flying after uh, a plane crashes into a mountain. They're all really paying attention now. Yeah, you can <laughs> oh exactly. Gosh. You can buy the whole bank for a dollar. So you know, mm. just go in and buy it. It's true. It's screw your screw depositing a dollar in the bank. Buy the bank. Mm. Yep. That voice uh, you just heard now with that advice—that's Jake. Yes, uh, he's a fl- Florida local government land and use attorney. Yes, that's correct. Um, and you. I don't know whether this was episode zero or episode one. Uh, at some point, I said, I don't understand why anybody would campaign to become the fl- the president of a bar association. And, and, and what are you doing, Jacob? And as of uh, last week, I am the president-elect designate of my local Orange County Bar Young Lawyers section uh, for some reason. Uh, I've decided to do that. So, yeah, that's congratulations. congratulations. Cool. Thank you. I have questions. Um, yeah. President-elect... <laughs> designate is there a president and a president elect and then there's yes. you what that okay, means so you are two is heartbeats away in three months i'm going to be the president elect it just means that i've been yeah it's like a three-year cycle your president elect your president past president and this means i'm loaded into the chamber to start the cycle when the new the year human turns over that is yes the bar association very yes, cool exactly. well, congratulations the, uh, were you running the at the time of episode zero <laughs> yes <laughs> no oh, okay no, no, the, the thing is it's not like a it's not so you're not selected by the members of the bar you're selected by the board uh oh. so 
really it was like who wants to do it the only other person that would was likely to oppose me was like i don't want to do it can you please do it and i was like sure uh and then i I became more excited about it as i started thinking about it so and nobody i was uncontested so i campaigned and that i called everyone to be like hey are you running against me and they were like no you threatened them and then you moved on okay yeah 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 now they're gonna have to watch andor for 12 months and they don't even know it yet so so your no. your your Mastodon post was that you had been elected and then you did hashtag mandatory andor and I thought mm-hmm. that was like mandatory and slash or and, and it took me a long time to try to figure out what that meant like andor I won't be or, or, or what that was okay <laughs> no. but mandatory andor means you're going to make them watch yes andor in order to retain membership or something yes there are twelve okay. there are twelve episodes of andor season one there are twelve monthly meetings at the wireless board uh, so there you go. Wow. Okay. You know, from what it sounds like, the uh, Orange County Bar Association, you guys have succession planning down for for all the other garbage that happens in Florida. That Orange County Bar Association knows who's coming down the pike. (laughs) The thing thing about Florida is uh, we are good at some things. And one of those things is uh, being a lawyer. Because, man, we got a lot of lawyers. You know Um, that's right. So Hmm. we got that down. We got our legal system down. Who is so you have governor, right? Then you have lieutenant governor. Who is the third in 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 line of succession for the governor? Oh, that's a good Does question. I'm not, I assume the attorney general. Really? Um, I assume. Hmm. Maybe the, because it's the, it's <laughs> it the might speaker go, of the house in the at the federal level, right? It might be the speaker of the house. Might be the president of the senate. Might be the agricultural secretary. Uh, hmm. It's possible. Might be the the who was. Like the Jimmy HOA president. What's Jimmy Pertonis's job? <laughs> yeah, it falls uh, fourth in line is the uh, HOA president at the Villages Retirement Community. Right. And then fifth, it goes to sort of the largest <laughs> citrus grove uh, property owner, and then it works its way down. Yeah. yeah. The Tropicana lady with the fruit mm-hmm. on her head, that she's in there somewhere. Is that Tropicana? Uh, this... I think that's Tropicana, right? I, I think so. Tropicana or Chiquita, maybe, the banana company. Oh. Yeah. That joke yeah. doesn't work, though. I don't think they're Floridian. Uh, Jason, uh, you are a person. You get yeah, you can introduce person. yourself now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. Introduce myself. Hi, what are hi, you, everybody. President? I'm Jason. Uh, you know, I was president of the Young Lawyers Association for the Tippecanoe County Bar Association. That was a really? long, long time ago. Back when I was a young lawyer, I'm no longer a young lawyer. I think the definition is under 40. I am not under 40. I'm an old now. Uh, I sue people's bad bosses. Uh, I have, uh, and I like, uh, part-time invest in uh, domains that I think are going to be totally useful and actually don't end up being that useful, like sumybadboss.com or indianaemploymentlawyer.com, my newest acquisition that nice. I have yet to actually put into service. Uh, so I do things like suing Hooters when they make their waitresses <laughs> uh, do all of the cooking and deep frying and cleaning and still only pay them the tip credit wage. So I do stuff like that. Hmm. Wow. It was fun. That's like one of the rare situations where uh, I don't have any confidentiality obligation. So that's great. I mean, I have it to my client, but right. I was going to say, what? Wait, what? Oh, <laughs> like, no, is there like a whole class situation. of litigation where the attorney client privilege doesn't exist? In no, exchange no. for a lowered fee, you get to say whatever you want, yeah. wherever you want. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you could air all their dirty laundry. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. nothing that's not already in a publicly filed pleading. So there you oh. go. I kind of oh. can't believe Hooters is still a thing. I mean, that just yeah, seems. Barely... It's multiplying. It's multiplying. Is it? Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, like Hooters is, I don't know if they were the original, but they were kind of like, so from the perspective of like old millennials, like uh, Hooters was like the scandalous, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, uh, you know, exposed skin restaurant. Like that was right. the first one that did it on a big like national scale. And now you got places like uh, the, what is it? The Tilted Kilt uh, or something like There's Twisted Kilt. Peaks. Twin Peaks, stuff like that. What uh, are you people you know, talking about? They're just multiplying. Man, have you do you drive places? Do you see billboards? <laughs> have you ever been yeah. outside? Have you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, the area where the walls. Yeah, Florida. Florida. And I assume it's a ton worse. Well, we I we do have business lunches at Twin Peaks on occasion, but not for that. Just because it's like the local, <laughs> it's the uh-huh. American food uh-huh. place sure. that's like two they have blocks a wonderful away. buffet. Sure. Uh-huh. 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 Yeah, the breakfast uh, buffet is just divine <laughs> buffet uh i would go if they had a man i could go for a breakfast buffet man um yeah uh by the way i want to apologize to our our audience for uh, disappearing last week or two weeks ago back when you last saw us and yeah. and halfway through the episode uh I, it's probably my fault for having bad internet but we have fiber as we speak there are crews digging fiber towards my house and I can't wait. So when you disappear, it's because they've cut something and, and you've lost your connection. Yes, that, yes, that's possible. When it happens again, that's what it is. It's yes. Get your full allotment of Jake going forward because he's going to have that sweet symmetric fiber connection. Yeah. It's going to be great. Fiber to the door, hopefully. Yeah. When we go shopping for a new house here in the next couple of weeks, uh, that's one of my absolute must-haves is must have a symmetrical fiber connection available to it. I'm stoked. Oh. Man, I, I my no old house Comcast. we had FiOS. Yeah, we only have Comcast here. It's terrible. Oh man, it, it really like degrades your quality of life. Yeah, I would rather have like poison soil and have a decent internet <laughs> connection. Because look, I'm not sitting in the dirt all day. Yeah, I if I'm gonna have bad internet like I do now, well, well, I have fine internet. But like comparing, I know like some rural places you have really bad. You have like you know five megabytes down is the best possible, uh, or lower than that. Um, but if I had worse than I did now, I think I would rather have no internet than have something worse than this and just mm. like totally go like pretend be off the grid. Oh, I'm at home. Sorry. I can't check my emails. Um, and live like a, like a, I was going to say like a, like a monk or something, but like, uh, right. you know, TV <laughs> and I would have TV yeah. and I would have all these other things. You should uh, go full Ron Swanson here. Yeah. Get your cabin out in the woods, disconnect yeah. from everything. Yeah, I don't think Remove you're truly all pictures of Ron. Speaking of like uh, young lawyers, I don't <laughs> think you truly become like a, a full lawyer until you've had the I have no email. I have no like what if it all just went away dream? You know what I mean? Like um, that, that sort of like daydream of like it all just I don't know. The power went out and, and everything's out and there's nothing you can do. They can't reach you. I think yeah. everybody has that at some point or another. It seems like, Jake, you're just kind of living in that. We're, we're planning on a cruise uh, at some point <laughs> so that we can really get like no Internet COVID. Oh, right. <laughs> I thought you were going to no a different virus. We've still dodged COVID. We'll see. Well, we'll that'll, get it one of these it. days. Yeah. I'd say the giant boat where people can't leave will probably probably yeah. do that for you. Yeah. But anyway, okay. Kids. So we have topics. We have actual yeah, topics. Yeah, we have we t- to stuff about, right? to talk about. We got to catch up fast. So one of the things we had sitting here forever is that the uh, U.S. government wants to try to ban TikTok. Do we care about yeah. that still? Is that, that still going? I mean, it's evolved, it's, right? It, yeah. I mean, it's moving even faster. Like Biden's being very clear that it like... Yeah, you have to sell your America, your American business to an American company. 
uh, they're right. saying, because of national security concerns. And uh, do I care? I'm not sure I care. I like I like TikTok. Uh, yeah, same. And uh, but Reels is basically the same, almost exactly the same. Um, and I would have to retrain the Reels algorithm. I don't want to. I'm not sure. The thing is, like, I'm I understand the concern about having this foreign government in control of our of an algorithm that is controlling our youth. Um, but I'm like, man, we're it's just going to be Mark Zuckerberg. Is that any better? Do I trust right. Mark Zuckerberg? I do not. I don't trust. Not really. No, you don't. No, oh don't my trust God. Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, so yeah. really, there's it's to it's between a rock and a hard place with it. It's kind of it's more dramatic than anything. Uh, yeah, I mean, the divest or your banned. What I don't understand is so I I mean, I guess what they're trying to what the U.S. government is trying or you know, Biden's administration and Congress is trying to do is say that it will have no value. Like basically if you ban it in the United States, it has no value. So even if you still own it, then it's worth less. Right. So if you sell it now, what I don't really understand is, well, why would I, you're threatening to either ban my app or take Mm -hmm. the app from me. Mm -hmm. No. Right. Mm -hmm. I I don't, I don't want to do that. In either case, I lose, I lose. Well, if, if you sell it, I mean, it's still valuable for right now. Like they're under, because, like obviously, if they don't sell it, it's maybe worth zero, and so, right. and from that uh, perspective, there's a downward pressure on the price. But all the people that could buy it, they really want it. You know, they absolutely want it. If Facebook could bu- buy the U.S. TikTok and throw it in the trash, they would absolutely. They would spend probably hmm. many, many, many billions of dollars to do that. They might be right. able to get a discount to do that now. Um, but yeah, somebody wants it and they and they can bid against Facebook and bid against Snapchat or whatever. Um, yeah, I'm I it seems like that's the way things are going, because I mean, like governments, local governments, state governments are passing laws, banning it, local right. laws, banning it, banning it on government devices. It's on that way. I'm we might be at a point where I'm going to have to ban, have to uh, delete it off my phone as a government contractor at some point. Um but and I'm gonna have to go to reels with the boomers, uh, but that's okay. I'll live with with it. Um, In like reading reels. about all of this, have you guys yeah, heard about the the, <laughs> the throwback story that Furbies were were banned from the NSA? Like that's what everybody compares this <laughs> to. They? When they first came out, yeah, the concern was that like these might be listening devices, and so they were banned from like I think it was first like yeah. any NSA devices, and then it was any. I don't know, Pentag- I don't know the delineations of all these things, but it was banned from devices in a way similar. Or, I'm sorry, banned from offices in a way similar to they seem to be yeah. going with TikTok. My thought is that it's going to be interesting. The um, The narrative, I think, is going to immediately shift to whatever billions of dollars in American money has been sent to ByteDance and over to China. Like, So if the sale goes through, that seems yeah. like a black eye for the Biden administration, or whoever does it, right? That's an easy way to just say like, oh, why don't you send another boatload of cash over to you know the Chinese Communist Party or whatever. Yeah, I I don't think it's I don't think that would be that effective because if you because they get the win uh, or right. win I don't I don't even know I don't care I don't really care. like I care a lot about like TikTok is clearly having a big effect on kids yeah. and is a huge deal but like this this kind of fight I I don't know it, it feels a little bit like the '70s weed commercial like of uh, the anti weed PSA. Of like I, I learned it from watching you, Dad, about right. using devices to 
at, for espionage and monitoring other countries. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure we do it. I mean, you can buy an insane amount of info from American companies on any person. Um, right. But there was a there was a, like a minor scandal a couple of years ago. I think in Intel chips, there was some sort of backdoor. This is me just talking about yeah. something I barely remember. So if I'm wrong and I'm slandering Intel, I apologize. But I think it was Intel <laughs> chips that had some sort of backdoor in them. That was a yeah. yeah I'm, I'm positive we do. I these mean, that was like too. two years ago or like a year ago. It wasn't even that long ago. I think. Yeah, maybe it was totally Ryzen different. that that had that too. I I don't remember, but definitely there was Might a chip been. problem. Yeah, yeah, there was something in them where, and it seemed like it was sort of an intentional thing. Yeah. Okay, but we don't really we don't care that much about TikTok. So, do we care about Samsung faking <laughs> pictures of the moon? This is just funny. This is just funny. That that is. Sa- so, Sam Samsung to for background, Samsung ga- uh, Galaxy phones. I don't know if it was. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was this Galaxy, but um, maybe it was this Galaxy because if you zoomed in on the moon, because people right. like to take pictures of of pretty pictures of the moon, sure, uh, with their phones that can zoom in over twenty five times, you take a picture of the moon. And they would uh, pop and boom. It looks so nice. And somebody figured out that if you were zooming in on the moon and you took a picture, Samsung would use pictures of the moon that it already had to fill in the gaps of where the picture was messed up. It's brilliant. So, yeah, it's really it's really funny. It's like, like, am I mad? I don't even know if this is bad. It's just funny. It's clever. Because yeah, of tidal clever. lock, right? Everyone is seeing the same moon, for lack of yeah. a better way of saying it, right? So you you can all you need to do is set the scale, right? Like you you just mm-hmm. need to sort of make sure the resolution matches and not have it look totally insane and look like a Venn diagram. And you can just overlay a picture of the moon onto the moon, and nobody's going to know who's going to look yeah. at that and say like, oh, that's no way it didn't look like that when I took the picture. Well, it's like brilliant. they also like correct for color and like you know your yeah. environment. It, it's you know. They did an, They put a lot of technology into faking pictures of the moon for, for you. It was called uh, Scene Optimizer, and they claim it uses AI, but I don't understand why you would need to use AI for that. That doesn't yeah. seem like you need AI at all. Well, it, they have to be pulling in information from other somewhere else because they like people were testing it where they had a picture of the moon that they printed out from a blurry JPEG, so there was no detail, <laughs> right. and right. then took a picture of it, and it filled in actual detail of the moon. And then yeah. also had a, they also took a picture of a moon, the blurry JPEG, and then cut that in half and added another half moon. So it was like one and a half moons where the right. top half looked like it was like a moon, half moon hat. Right. And it filled in the detail for the round moon, but not the half moon hat moon. Oh, moon. I missed so that part. It okay. stayed blurry on the top and then filled in a bunch of detail that didn't that it didn't have on the bottom. Um, nice so like yeah it was it used ai to supplement the to put the fake moon i mean the real moon pictures into your picture um i think my question is is that i think that's good like i think that's probably if we know what's there it's the most picture like I, I don't know if it's good. I don't know. I, I would love to hear opinions on this because people it's are like... weirdly nostalgic. I mean, like, have you ever heard the study where they said this is a weird one, but I think the metaphor works. If uh, they asked like 100 people, they were going to take their, I think, engagement ring or their wedding ring or something, and they were going to uh, disassemble it molecule by molecule and reassemble it in a different place mm-hmm. and then give it back to them. And they would give them some amount of money for it. And these people wanted extravagant sums because they were like, you're ruining my ring. Yeah. Even though obviously it's the same ring, yeah. right? It's just being people get like weirdly nostalgic to something that is other than the the thing itself. Yeah. So like I think someone takes a picture of the moon, they need that they need to believe that that is really the picture they took. 
Otherwise, yeah. the magic is lost and it's not a wonderful memento of their night or whatever. So to me, this seems like a trust problem that Samsung is having right here because when I take a picture with my phone, what I am doing is I'm trusting that it is like every other camera that I've used before in my life <laughs> right. where when I take a picture of something, it is capturing this thing that I'm pointing it at. And uh, what's happening here is I'm not entirely sure because I've read reporting from different places that aren't, it, it's not entirely clear on what's actually happening. Right. Now there's the thing that every modern smartphone camera does and probably even some uh, not smartphone cameras, probably some actual camera cameras, DSLRs and mirrorless ones, where they use the processing that's in there to take more than just a single frame and they amalgamate yeah. the multiple uh, snaps right. that they're taking. And this is why you end up with things like live photos because your phone is capturing image data from before and after. And it's mm -hmm. why you end up with options like uh, the night HDR. mode that's available yeah. on HDR or night yeah. mode that's available on iPhones, uh, Android phones that allows you to uh, gather in more light by using a longer period of a longer sequence of images and kind of averaging. That's a super basic way of putting it, but like synthesizing those images, those multiple images together into one. And right. that's fine. That's great. Like I trust that because at least I know in that situation, I'm getting what I'm pointing at, but some like synthesis version of it that takes stuff that's actually gathered on the sensor on my phone and uh, making it look approximately better, probably. Uh, and even when I uh, load images that I've taken on my phone camera and I load them into Pixelmator Pro and I do the super resolution ML that like really is supposed to give you a lot of extra, it makes it so that you have a 13 megapixel picture that looks like it was taken on a 48 megapixel camera. Right. Like that I can get on board with because I can watch the change happening here. But if you're telling me that uh, somebody at Google decided to take their pictures of like the moon and stick them into my picture that I'm trying to take of the moon, like how do I trust that what I'm pointing my camera at <laughs> is what you're actually showing me anymore? Right. Why just the moon? I mean, some people have unfortunate-looking children. <laughs> yeah. And so why not? Maybe I, I don't want... I take a picture of my kids. You replace it with other kids. Yeah. We, we can sort of expand this you know, further and further out. My car doesn't look so good. This is a better car. It also... Where's the trust? It also undermines the feeling of like ownership that you have over pictures you take. So oh, like, yeah. I took a... You take a picture of the moon... I'm not, I'm not saying I do this, but like I take a picture of the moon. I'm like, oh, wow, that's so pretty. Look at this picture I took. It's like, oh, no, it turns out it's just the picture that that a million other people that a high tel power telescope took and it right. fed it into it. It's like, what do you I'm not taking pictures of the moon so I could have the best quality picture of a moon. I can go online and look at a very, very <laughs> high quality picture of a moon. Right. I'm not I'm doing it because it's what I'm seeing at the moment. Um, mm -hmm. I, if somehow if phones get to the point where because of all the pictures of my son that I take, it has a 3D, perfect 3D model of my kid. When I take a picture of my kid, I would rather have it be blurry than ha have a fake kid, if you know Just what I'm totally saying. Just a totally different kid. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. <laughs> like have a th AI. <laughs> right. here's, look, it's blurry, but here's what the AI thinks your kid looks like. Right. Probably That's like, like that. feels a Does little gross to me. Does he have a mohawk? <laughs> he has yeah, a mohawk he's, now. Yeah. He, he's, got, he's got like a One Direction kind of haircut, honestly. Yeah. We feel that's better for him. We're going to yeah. go in that direction. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've made some decisions uh, here at Samsung. Yeah. I, I think question, it's... 
it's counter to what people actually take pictures of their smart, why people take pictures on their right. smartphones. Yeah, yeah. Could you uh, could you still obtain a copyright for those uh, photos since that is not oh mercy good question done by you or whatever yeah well, wait, let's see the copyright office be like uh, we've detected that this picture of your phone was taken on a Samsung Galaxy S twenty yeah. plus uh, therefore we are denying your copyright because of blah 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 blah, blah. Uh, I mean that's a picture of your mohawk later kid. yeah, we, yeah show us the real kid and and we want to see to make sure that he matches if he doesn't have a yeah. mohawk you're not getting the copyright. You use yeah. the scene optimizer tool to use the to to take this photo, and therefore, blah blah blah. Right. Um, yeah. I don't, oh gosh, I'm I'm feeling the existential dread right now. Okay. <laughs> this is a That's great really... time to not be a copyright lawyer. No, yeah. I'm glad I'm not one. And just talking about things that I don't know anything about. Speaking of things I don't know anything about, uh, Silicon <laughs> Valley Bank. System. I think. Yeah, that's our main <laughs> topic. I think right. The financial yes. system. Well, I'm, we could you could hammer that out in 20 minutes. I mean the money. What is <laughs> it's, it? It's a huge financial. I mean, it's maybe the biggest story the last week, right? Like in the world, and it's got a lot of legal percent. aspects to it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you're listening to us, you probably know Silicon Bank, Valley Bank. Um, yeah, darling bank of the tech world uh, collapsed because you know, uh, to uh, like 200 tech CEOs got together on a on a call on a Thursday and were like. Uh, we're spooked by this capital call by SVB. I think we should all take our money out at the same time. And uh, that did not go well. No, and it went like SVB the opening of down. It's a Wonderful Life, right? Basically, they all came in and were yelling and screaming and yes. waving and they didn't have enough money to hand out. And they, and and they didn't George have a George Bailey to stand up there and be like, you begging you not money, to do this thing. Your money's in John's house. And whatever. I forget <laughs> his speech. Somebody else right. who has a good Jimmy Stewart impression has to be like, your money's oh, in, in Sparker and, and your tech firm and a hundred others. Right. It's so, not somebody's got to do that. <laughs> right. uh, exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> so and from so then that, the stock we learned, plummeted. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the stock plummeted. The bank was shut down. Like, even before the stock hit zero or anything, uh, the federal government came in and was like, yep, your, went, your whoop, bank's whoop. gone. Sorry. <laughs> you don't exist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Uh, we'll find a, try to find a buyer for you. The UK branch gets sold for a dollar to HSBC um, or the UK version. Um, but the most interesting thing is so like the 90% of the money in the bank was uninsured by FDIC because of how much right. money those people had. Five depositors, high deposits. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 500 million was held by Roku and that was uninsured, uh, which crazy. is crazy that Roku has that amount of money in the bank and that it's a quarter of its cash it has roku has two billion cash on hand what are we doing anyway um, is this yeah the i i man anti-roku will be on another uh, episode Um, before we go too far into the crash one of my favorite quotes uh i'm pulling this from the new york times march 9th so this is the the day before it fails because of the run on deposits. And so you might say, well, the run, we'll talk about this a little bit more, but the run might have been sort of forced kind of. But um, in a note sent to clients, a Silicon Valley executive yeah. wrote that the bank was, quote, actually quite sound. And it's disappointing to see so many smart investors tweet otherwise, which hmm. is one of the great. I mean, like, I want that on a T-shirt. <laughs> There's less than 12 hours before, like, the government steps in and says, you're not a bank anymore. Uh, 
it's funny because I've heard that that's true. Like it was sound. It was fine. Yeah. But the thing is, if everybody is convinced you're going to collapse, you just collapse. Right. Right. It's, that's what a it's bank like, run is, right? Yeah. That's what a bank run is. Like if everybody suddenly was convinced that a dollar was valueless, it would become valueless because that's how, you know, yeah. so much of our financial system is based on trust and perception. And once everybody is convinced it can happen, it's it's happening. Um, right. It's the stock yeah. market. It's everything, right? It's all like investor sentiment, whether it's in T-bills or the dollar or, you know, yeah. Silicon Valley Bank, which so this is something I and this is I'm going to show my ignorance with the financial system writ large. But every time I'm reminded that there are publicly traded shares of banks, that seems to me like a conflict. Uh, this is really me talking. I don't know what I'm saying. But this sounds like a conflict of interest in that, like, how, so Silicon Valley Bank, how does it do well? It does well by taking people's deposits and investing it in such a way that it has a return on that money that is substantially less than the return it gives to its right. depositors in the form of their interest, right? So right. they're, substantially they're, more, more than it gives to its depositors in substantially interest. Substantially more, yes, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, they give they give very little to the depositors. They get to keep a lot of that interest for themselves. And so then right. your shares would presumably rise and your shareholders would be happy. But it, it's zero sum, right? Every dollar that is going towards a dividend for shareholders is a dollar that is not going towards the depositors. This seems like, from the start, a problem. Well, because you have a conflict between paying depositors and paying your shareholders? Yeah. Where's the money coming from? It's coming from oh. failing to like return uh, a, a substantial you know, interest rate to the depositors. I think that's just... Like you, they don't really owe, <laughs> owe any duty to the depositors is yeah. the thing. They don't know, like you know, they they don't have to pay their depositors. They, right, like they're you're the cust you're out of your the product being sold. No, um, like they don't. I'm sure they don't feel any need to pay the depositors any more than they want to to turn a right. profit. Yeah. The agreement is the a, agreement. A Whatever the interest is, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, I mean, the amount of the, just yeah. It seems like over the entire selling point. Right, right. It just seems like over the entire uh, sector, it would be have like substantial downward pressure on interest, right? Because you're you're sort of you you can only chase the shareholders or chase the depositors. You kind of can't do a great job for you know both of them at the same time. They need cash. That's the that's why they need to chase the depositors. And so at some point, they will need to increase interest to get the depositors. Uh, And let's not say. Let's not say that they don't have any obligation to the depositors. They do have an obligation right, to the depositors. They <laughs> right. have an obligation to hold and keep available and ultimately <laughs> to return the depositors' money, which right. is like part of the big problem here. <laughs> uh, they don't have like an obligation in the sense of there's an obligation to shareholders that you uh, that you generate a profit and it, you, uh, you maximize. Act in the best of, yeah, maximize shareholder wealth or maximize shareholder value. That's the there right. you go. That's the moment that we're looking for. Uh, and then, uh, you know, you have a duty to the depositors. I don't necessarily know that generating a profit is, uh, I mean, it's not a, it's not a problem as it relates to the duty to shareholders. It's probably not a problem as it relates to the duty of the depositor to the depositors either, because if you're generating a profit with the money that the depositors have put in there, you're kind of fulfilling everybody's expectations. Uh, right. So long as you still have the capital to return to the depositors when you're done here. So like that's how banks work. And I think people just kind of generally understand it. Uh, but it's all built on a house of cards of trust. And when you remove yeah. that bottom card of trust, 
then uh, you got big problems. And so the whole system built on trust. And uh, if you don't have trust, then we have nothing. You have you have this exact <laughs> situation. Well, and the I'll other sit- the thing that adds into this is the fractional reserve banking issue, right? Which is they only have to have what is it, ten percent of the cash on oh, hand yeah. for the amount of deposit right. for the amount of debts on their on their books. So. But like by definition, ninety percent of their the money that they could potentially have to hand out George Bailey style, they don't have, and right. it would be insane for them to have it because, in terms of being competitive with other banks, that would be a huge problem yeah. for them. They should be you know doing other things with that money, and if they're holding it on hand, and so that's why something like this, I guess, especially I mean, it seems Silicon Valley Bank, from my understanding, had like a, a couple of um, high level issues. One was that there were so few relatively deposit it was such a large bank compared to the number of depositors it's had it had it didn't have that many depositors it had a very high average deposit rate so that has the twofold thing of being everybody's well above the fdic $250,000 per depositor per institution uh, insurance limit but then additionally all you really need is a conference call of you know maybe 10 people and you could put a big dent in svb's uh cash on hand right yeah and uh, one other systemic issue with them is that they were all they were really concentrated on tech firms, tech yeah. startups, that kind of thing. And so back three years ago, when cash was flowing, two years ago, when cash was flowing like crazy, they had a huge amount of money. And so they didn't right, know yeah. what to do with it. And they put it into low interest uh, bonds. And yeah. now the Fed is jacking up rates to control inflation. Uh, the tech firms are all not depositing cash because they're burning through it and they're taking money right. out slowly. And that's what mm-hmm. caused this whole, the, the crunch that caused the fear, which caused the, the panic, which caused the, the collapse. Um, yeah. And the, the bonds were like commercial or not, they weren't commercial. They were just mortgage backed securities, I right. think. Right. Right. There's and so, a, uh, there's an awesome TikTok by morning brew. If you <laughs> like, that's like 45 seconds long. That explains it. Very funny. Uh, I'd recommend to anybody listening. Basically, they invested in low rates for a long payoff period, right? And then rates went up, and now that's a terrible investment to have. And I mean, that's my understanding right. of like sort of the very cursory, yeah. poor investment choice. I mean, it didn't lose them money, but it wasn't. Right. They had. If you have to sell it, that's <laughs> you know, you're not getting very much in return in comparison to what you thought you were going to get. So I mean, uh, sitting here on sitting here on March 16th, we can say that, yes, it did lose them money. <laughs> it did not work out. <laughs> that's true. This, yeah. this did not go very well for them. And that's yeah. like, you know, maybe it was a result of uh, surely it was a result of poor planning and buying some investing into low interest yielding assets at a probably pretty unlucky time. Uh, when, you know, we didn't, I don't think we had clear signals two, three years ago that interest rates are going to go up quite this much, quite this fast, and you're going to have this sort of problem. Uh, but it does kind of present a diversification lesson on, on like a lot of fronts here, diversifying the, uh, nature of your depositors at a bank, diversifying the nature of the investments. Cause if you're leaning that heavily into, these low interest bonds, like, yeah, okay, generally that's a safe investment. I don't think anybody's ever going to get in trouble with like a breach of fiduciary duty uh, by investing in low interest bonds. Like that's a super safe investment. That seems pretty reasonable. Uh, And it's safe until you're relying on a good return on your investment to be able to generate cash for you. And then that just isn't sound anymore. And they weren't the only ones that invested like that. And a lot of banks took 
took hits, but the it yeah. just happened to be the way that SVB was set up. I I saw tweeted by somebody that uh, is like they basically had accidentally gone all in on low interest rates, both from the investment side and from the client side, uh, because oh, tech okay. firms are all tech firms are dependent on venture capital, which require low interest rates to for money to flow freely. Um, or don't oh, require it, but it's definitely a benefit for it. Um, yeah, but this, and it all culminated in FDIC, the federal government kind of bailing it out, maybe. So sort people of fight about this. Uh, I've not where, had a clear definition of bailout. I mean, yeah. to me, I mean, so, it's definitely not what happened with the old banks where like they just straight right. up got bought, uh, or like portions got bought by the government, um, as a bridge loan. Um, yeah, but uh, all the depositors got all their funds guaranteed by various mechanisms um, by the Which, like, federal okay, treasury. Good. That's yeah. that's probably the best thing, uh, even though it's probably short-sighted for those depositors to have all or very vast sums of money in uh, in one bank. I don't really know how you do something, uh, how you handle that situation. Like, is the FDIC uh, insured limit just a quarter million dollars across the board, regardless of what type of client you yeah. are? And so, like, how do you take the kind of cash that let, let's use Roku because we use them already? How many banks need to exist for Roku to be fully insured by FDIC? Like, if they've got uh, five hundred million just at F, at SVB. Uh, then uh, what do they what do they right. need? How many banks well, does it take to do that? Two hundred. I'm not a mathematician, <laughs> well, but a lot. Two thousand. So there's a way to do <laughs> more than a lot more. There's a way to do the lot more than two hundred fifty thousand. I've learned it's called a sweep account, apparently, and basically okay. it's a product where you that banks can offer that base that cuts up automatically cuts up your cash into FDIC insured sub accounts. Yeah. Um, okay. And people didn't do it, but it ha- that has a cap of like 250 million, which is like great, pretty high. That's a high. big, cap. <laughs> that's yeah. a big yeah. cap. That's better than 250,000. Uh, yeah. Uh, or 150 that's million. That's better than going out. That's better than going out and having to find a thousand different banks to stash 250,000 <laughs> yeah. in a piece. And but isn't and there also the way, some sort of like you can always buy a, stock? A, by the way, you can always like put yeah. it in assets. Administratively, don't don't like when you hear that. Don't you kind of just go like, "What are we doing with this this insurance limit?" Like, if so, if there's just yeah. a product that the yeah. bank can unilaterally offer that will sort of skirt that two hundred, then just change the limit. I mean, that wh- right. why are we doing this? Yeah, yeah. What is the purpose yeah. of like? Why is this? There's some expert. There's some person. There's some lawyer working at this uh, <laughs> at, at the bank doing this chopping up that came up with this idea that is getting paid boatloads to do, and all it is is just an administrative hurdle that should just be resolved at the policy level. Uh-huh. Well, I, I think that sweep account thing was actually an FDIC program. Like it has FDIC came up with it or something like that. Um, hmm. But I, so I follow somebody. I wish I had paid more. I wish I had read the article, but I didn't because I followed our rule with our rule of no research. Uh, but there, you know, immediately after this bailout, all the law professors were like, oh, uh, well, that's. Maybe this is the best result, but this totally changes risk, you know, risk management. The idea of the cap was to force people to deal with risk management and uh, uh, best practices and all that. But if the government is going to back the banking system, then we need to think about what that means. And the, you know, this, this bailout, if 
we want to call it that, is getting paid for by a special assessment on banks. Um, right. Which is apparently something they can just do. And I'm sure the banks are like, we'll take that over financial stress. They'll take that every any day rather than fight it. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so I... I don't know the policy implications of having FDIC limit not exist and just be like, okay, ba- bank is now an insured institution and all depositors are guaranteed right. unlimited. Uh, maybe the bank has to be, has to um, pay a significantly higher premium or something like that. Or I don't know. Um, I, I should, pr- I'm curious enough that I'll probably read one of these professors things at some point. It would definitely change, like you said, the risk assessment, right? Yeah. There, I mean, the 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 most conservative option would become being perfectly insured uh, for all of your your capital, all of your money, right? Like it, mm-hmm. it change. Like right now, any any anywhere you put your money, there is some modicum of risk, right? If you right. if the FDIC insures all the way to you know to there's no limit, then now the truly uh, conservative investment choice is to just completely be be completely covered. There is no risk whatsoever. You know you will your your at least the money you put in will be there. And yeah, I would imagine it would be a, a shakeup. But as you said, this professor said, it seems to me that that's functionally what happened. I mean, Silicon Valley Bank was big, but it's not huge. It's not that you know right. they're not dealing in trillions of dollars. I think they had five hundred right. billion in deposits or something. And but the concern becomes well the contagion effect, right? It's going to ripple up, and then J.P. Morgan Chase is going to cr- you know cr- crumble or whatever. And so that, can't yeah. people sort of moving forward just sort of bank on that, so to speak? They had let they had under 250 billion. So one one of the things that, that uh that uh that was part of this discussion was SVB was one of the specific people trying to raise the um so under Dodd-Frank, as it was right. after the after the crisis, set a cap of fifty billion in deposits for when you were structurally important. And therefore had to go through a bunch of stress testing and stuff like that to make you more more regulated right. because if you failed, it would be a real problem. And this contagion idea. Yeah, this contagion yeah, okay. thing. And uh, SVB was one of the main one of the drivers of raising that cap from fifty to two hundred and fifty billion. So they were no right. longer considered structurally important enough. Right, because to, we're doing fine. We don't need that. Yeah. yeah. Like we're too small. We're just a little baby SVB. We're not going <laughs> to cause any problems if we collapse. Right. And it might Aww. be. So it might be that, <laughs> that that was true. But man, after as SVB was collapsing, uh, all the libertarian tech people were like <laughs> screaming at li- like literally all caps. Probably yeah. actually screaming, the government has to step in and, st- and guarantee all depositors now or there's going to be a run on banks. You should right. take your money out of the financial system. All banks are going to collapse on Monday if the federal government, <laughs> like really trying to cause, actually trying to cause a bit a run for everyone else so that right. they would get safe. Misery loves company. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it might like I it seemed like it wasn't actually going to affect the bigger banks other than like everybody getting spooked a little bit and yeah. the bigger banks would have been fine. But I mean, it probably wasn't. They, they didn't want to risk it. Um, yeah, it seems like if like, so like another bank failed, too. Is it Silverstone or something like that? Silvergate and or something. Yeah, Silvergate. Nobody cared. So no. like maybe there is a limit uh, like 
that makes sense where like it doesn't matter what happens to this 30 billion dollar bank or something like that but it's svb whatever it was was too important to shun the depositors at least right uh it seems Uh, i'm not mad that depositors didn't get totally screwed on this and the banks are going to pay for it i'm not mad about it I'm not mad about that either. I do want to take a moment and observe that uh, at the 42 and a half minute mark that uh, we can forever mark that as the moment when Jake did his baby voice. And yeah. So that's going to that's gonna have <laughs> to go down in, uh, along with the, episode zero and uh, I don't know what else. So Jason Calcanis voice, voice, I think is what you what you should call it. Jason Calcanis. Is that how you pronounce his name? Calacanis. I'm yeah. sure. I don't know. Calacanis. Have I told my Jason Calacanis story? I don't think I've told it on the podcast. That guy's a jerk. Tell it. Yeah, I um, so years ago he used to be on Twit this week in tech. He was on the podcast, and he he um, yeah yeah, it was like a tech podcast, right? We had a live video sure. and everything, and he also had the human powered search engine. It was called Mahalo, and it was the idea was like I don't know. He had some people that he paid nickels or whatever. Uh, you know, that's a joke. I'm sure he paid them, you know, minimum wage or whatever. Um, paid them very well <laughs> to go through all these search results and and like hand curate results. You know, it was the anti Google basically, and he talked about something on on Twit, and he like semi sort of put out a call for answers to this like problem i don't remember exactly what it was but what i remember was i emailed him and i said hey i heard you say this thing and i think it's this or whatever and he responded and said like uh he you know I, i'm like stupid for for thinking that's a solution and if it was a good solution i would start my own company and like he was just like <laughs> I, I was really just absurdly rude and ever since then i've kind of been rooting for him to to fail and so i uh when i thought when it looked like he was going to be the uh ceo like maybe um elon musk was going to choose him for for twitter i really kind of hoped that that would happen because i think he would, <laughs> i think he would screw it up really bad he, would, so that would he, be would, he does not understand people so no no yeah no he not with that haircut you didn't you don't understand people no. so what I wanted to some things I wanted to point out. This is a, I, I hope this is interesting. Um, I was looking the other day at like the the largest banks, the largest U.S. banks, and what their uh, total assets are in billions or trillions of dollars. So, do you think either of you guys can guess what the number one bank is? Yes. Okay. I, I think I'm gonna guess. Okay, the number. So I'm gonna guess it's J.P. Morgan with two billion, two trillion. Okay, Jason, do you have a, a guess, or you just wanna? Uh, I'm going to say HSBC with a trillion and a half. Okay. So closest is Jake. The the correct answer is JP Morgan Chase. $3.7 trillion. Oh, HSBC is number 15 with 231 oh, wow. billion. But listen That's to these it? numbers really quickly. Yeah. So JP Morgan is number one. They're 3.7 <laughs> uh, tr- trillion. Bank of America is three trillion. Citigroup is two trillion. Wells Fargo is one point eight trillion. If we get to number seven, we're at six hundred billion. So like the the mm. top uh, three banks are up near three trillion, and then it falls off a cliff. So the idea that <laughs> this like so yes, uh, Silicon Valley Bank was had a lot of money, right? It was handling a lot of deposits, but relatively speaking, where it stood in like sort of in in the ranking was not indicative of how much money it's handling as compared to like the real big boy big wait um, so you're telling me we have a stratification problem in finance (laughs) in this country i think there might be i don't believe it i don't don't believe there's a stratification of wealth yeah i don't want (laughs) to like sound alarm bells and make our listeners get nervous or something but i think the banks might be sort of merging together (laughs) too much and that might be a problem moving forward Uh, so uh there is i i did know is jp morgan 
yeah. because I did pay a little attention to this uh, professor who also talked about. So one of the ways the stratification is happening is that JP Morgan has 500 billion uh, in deposited with the Federal Reserve Bank. And so they have money in a bank that can never, ever default. They have a special access to a bank that will never, ever default. And other banks don't hmm. have that. So it I don't seems, follow. He they have talking access? To the, they can deposit money with the Federal Reserve and right. have a special account because the Federal Reserve can't default. So, oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Uh, because it is because it right. just that's the whole game. Yeah. It just types in. Oh no, we just have a trillion more dollars. That's fine. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they could just do that. Uh. So. So they have un, you know, unfair advantages as the yeah. biggest banks, as well as the the constraints of stress testing and stuff. Right. So yeah, it's I, I mean. I, I mean to to that end, the contagion effect, I, I'm sure, is a real threat for like say numbers. 10 down but i it seems to me that you know as to your point what you're saying about the the federal reserve uh, deposit account but also just 3.7 trillion like i i don't i don't believe that the larger banks were ever really concerned and i i think actually today the latest news was that one of them deposited 50 billion into did have you guys heard about that what into no? what into uh silicon valley bank like whatever the sort of shell bank is now oh. that that has been reformed mm mm here we go. Oh, no, I'm sorry. First Republic Bank received 30 billion in deposits from nearly a dozen of the United States' biggest banks, including J.P. Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo, and Morgan Stanley. The beleaguered bank's shares closed up 10, percent and that's from the New York Times. So the other the banks what? are bailing out <laughs> the, the smaller bank. banks now. Yeah, that's funny. I have uh, to imagine there's some sort of like network effect and symbiosis that's happening here, where like yeah. somehow First Republic Bank is strategically important to these guys for reasons that I'm sure is big time inside baseball that is well beyond my grasp but yeah like they're not doing that out of the kindness of their hearts they're doing that out of like ruthless self-interest for sure is first republic bank is the is the bridge entity yeah 30 yeah, billion okay. in deposits yeah so has has that sold by the way so one thing i didn't mention they tried to sell the american business over the weekend they didn't uh right. they weren't able to did it get sold this week because they knew they were going to try again? Do you know? Of First Republic or Silicon Valley? Silicon Valley Bank. I don't think it got sold. I, I the Last I heard was that I think HSBC was going to buy the British subsidiary. Right. But and, last and, I heard, there was... Yeah, they. I, I heard that happen. And that, yeah, okay, that the federal FDIC tried to sell off SPV and they got one bid and rejected it from right. an entity and they wouldn't say what the entity was. Uh, which makes me very mm. interested about what that entity was. Uh, it was Bill I mean, Browder. It was Bill Browder. It was Bill Browder. Oh God! It was, it was the Browder son. family. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was Joshua Browder. Browder. His AI yeah. did it, and he was you know he was going <laughs> to disavow any any it, knowledge. It, it does make he, me think about how so you know SVB. It's uh, you know much smaller than JP Morgan, obviously, but still pretty you know pretty big pretty major to the point where it's a you know institutional problem to have them fail out of nowhere um and then their deposits are still less than the net worth of or like around the same as the net worth of jeff bezos of one guy uh of an elon musk though elon musk i'm not sure how much how real his his wealth is since it's all tied up and since so much of it's tied up in tesla it's Uh, all fake man 
It's all yeah. a sham. It doesn't matter. It's all a house of cards. And it's like, man, they, these guys have too much money. I, I, I'm brave enough to say it. Uh, I think <laughs> that out against these guys have too much, maybe too much money. Okay, but if yeah. any of them are listening, we still want you as a listener. We value you. You're <laughs> yeah, not Jeff, you. Obviously not you. Jeff, hit me up for... I, I would love Prime. If you could, you know, just hand mm. me... Give me some Prime. I would love it. May, I will I will say nice things about you forever if your Mass Effect uh, adaptation goes well. So please oh, yeah. be good. Here, here. Here, here. I, you know, I'll talk nice about Bezos if I can get uh, a reboot of the uh, Men in the High Castle. Like... Bring that show back. And <laughs> give, give me more. Give me more. That show give got canceled. More, right? Give me more. No, it just finished. And, oh, okay. you know, I want more of a good thing. I should probably yeah. leave it how it is so that, that we don't end up with uh, Fonzie jumping the shark on the man in the high castle. Mm, but he's wearing a little little swastika hat when he does it. That's a yeah. different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. yeah. We don't want to episode zero this, so let's uh, <laughs> we'll leave it there. Okay. So, the Man in the High Castle is based <laughs> off of what would have happened if the Nazis had survived World War II, and it's oh, a yes. fictional world, yes. and yada yada yes. yada. Yes, that's, yes. That's, that's, that was that that's was a topical to statement that wasn't out of yes. yeah. nowhere. That was no. topical are, to the and appropriate to the context. This yeah. is not a Nazi podcast. If you're looking for a Nazi podcast, <laughs> you should unsubscribe. The, the, my, this is not a Nazi podcast t-shirt is having a lot of people asking questions. About and <laughs> the, the shirt already Whatever answers, the right yeah. way of saying. Yeah. Right. right. Uh, great merch idea. First merch idea. Yeah. That's this great. This is not a Nazi podcast. I love it. I mean, that's the title for sure. This is yeah. not a Nazi podcast, which is not going to cause any problems for us at all. But okay, more of a good thing. More of a good thing. Uh, the aforementioned Bill Browder's son, Joshua Browder, is getting sued Yet again, it seems. I mean, well, so the other one was not really like. There's two more lawsuits. uh, Is there two more? I believe it. I can hardly believe it, guys. I only knew about the class action one. There's another one. Yeah, yeah. Somebody else sued him. Well, there's a class action. I think there were two class actions filed in California, separate ones. One of them was fraud on behalf of, like, two different fraud class actions. I'm pretty sure. Well, uh, so I know the two broad things are substandard legal documents and the provision of uh, unauthorized legal services. Yeah. Those are the two I mean, sort of. What, what else do you need? Yeah. Um, I mean, the second one was a, like a given probably no matter what, right? I Even mean, if, he's, a, he's out there saying, like saying, yeah, we want to be your robot, robot lawyer. It's like, I mean, yeah, that seems the, like the a obvious practice law. The obvious joke is, will the robot lawyer represent him and represent do not pay yeah. for these? I mean, that's like a lame mm-hmm. joke, but it's not even a joke. Like, is he going to, is, is this an attempt? Will he make an attempt to, or I guess not because he abandoned all that, right? It wasn't no, profitable. I mean, he, so when GPT, so chat GPT four was just like, just had its big moment in the last like day or two, right? Was it right. today um, uh, or yesterday? Oh, last yesterday, days, I think. Yeah. 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 Um, and he was immediately out there like, oh yeah, we're working with chat GPT four to start drafting, uh, telemarketing complaints, drafting pleadings, pleadings are law practice. And he right. showed an example that has through the undersigned counsel on the, by oh, and through mercy. the undersigned counsel oh, man. on the pleading. It's like, are these TCPA okay. things, telephone consumer protection act. Like, I, I think it was one, that kind of thing. I don't remember what right. it was. But uh, yeah, that is not not good. No, bro, stop. Just stop. Just stop. Take a take a vacation for a little bit. He can, but he can't take a vacation now because AI is hotter than ever, uh, and he has to be the one. 
uh, yeah. to be the AI lawyer guy. Um, hmm. when, That's, I mean, uh, he was he had first mover advantage there for a little while, except for the part yeah. where it didn't do anything. But I mean, if it had worked, <laughs> he would have had a solid yeah. couple of weeks where he would have been the only one, the only you know player in town. But now there's Case Text has one. Um, there's yeah a GPT four. I mean, obviously all these um these uh various industries had i guess access to api the api for gpt4 for longer than you know regular end users and so this has just been uh, every couple of hours it seems has been another announcement of another product that uh yeah. uses it the real beauty of this whole thing is that now that chat gpt4 is out to the general public i think i guess uh that he can actually use it to program his app because i've seen a bunch right. of people programming <laughs> ios apps with chat gpt4 so maybe now his app that he says is AI can actually be generated by AI, which mm. I think the FTC would still say it's not AI powered, right? Didn't we talk about this a couple of weeks ago where the FTC was saying that your app has to use AI, not actually just be generated by AI. So Browder's well, still he could that. not Okay. Right. He could write the, he could write a, an app that uses the GPT. He could write an app using GPT. That uses the GPT API mm-hmm. to generate these oh, documents, so to, and then well, he can oh, show man. up in court and be like, "I had these the whole time." And then they'll say, "Well, wait a minute. When did GPT four come out?" And they'll then the answer will be weeks after you were already being sued, and so that's a problem. When it, can you, when is the chat GPT? Yeah, I was gonna say like, why don't we just have like a specific like uh, tra- you know branch of Chat GPT that's only for generating Chat GPT apps? Um, mm-hmm. You know, so you're just like you just have to write app that blank and then it right. writes that and so then there are that's people a doing gpt app app have you seen the things where they like uh, they have chat gpt they, they say like um you're now an operating system that is running linux version whatever and i'm going to give you a command they basically have operating yeah. systems running inside <laughs> of chat gpt so and it's simulating what it believes that os would do or you can make up an os and i think somebody had like it basically you could play the original or i don't know if it was pokemon red and blue or Pokemon like gold and silver <laughs> or something. It has the entire story in there. So you can just tell it to, you know, pretend that you're the game and I, and it starts you off like a text-based adventure. You know what I mean? Like you're, you, I don't know, some uh, professor Oak or whatever is chasing a Pokemon around and you're standing there. What do you do? A, oh B, or C? Yeah. Funny. And in my, in my little world, uh, Ch- chat GPT 3.5 was very bad at chess. Chat GPT four, pretty good at chess. Still mm. will make a, I- illegal moves, but won't imagine pieces all of a sudden appearing on the board like ChatGPT 3.5 did. <laughs> so that's a higher level of cheating. I like that. I never thought of that. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, yeah, there's a, some good chess there. recap videos of people playing chess against ChatGPT and be like, queen takes what? There was no queen. Uh, anyway. I mean, so GPT looks super impressive. I the, the applica- yeah. I haven't had a chance to play with any of the applications yet for like the the purpose built. Uh, as I said, I think Case Text has one, and somebody else has yeah. one. I haven't had a chance to play with any of those yet. My understanding is what they do is they're basically they're they're still interfacing with the chat the the GPT four API, but they also yeah. expose the the language model to other like purpose built data sets, like uh, a bunch of case law or a bunch of statutory, you know, the entire IRC uh, internal revenue code. And then, yeah. you know, voila, now you have a tax expert that you can, it can do all the things it could do before, but it also knows how to calculate a business deduction or something. Jason, did you say you got into case texts 
program or whatever. We have a couple people in our little uh, Learned Council community Slack that yeah. have tried it, but I wasn't sure if you were one of the people that did it. Uh, on the on the off chance that I somebody may you can have neither signed confirm it. nor deny. Oh, on, yeah. the off chance that, on the off chance that the co-counsel <laughs> beta or trial has a click wrap uh, non-disclosure agreement, <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. Okay. 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 Well, I'll, we we'll just talk, Andrew, about the possible possible things. But one one thing that I saw in their thing in their like promotion was sure. that. Um, uh, that you can have, like, you can turn on and turn off whether or not you can see the outside world or whether right. or not the AI will just look at the actual legal documents. And also That's all of cool. its answers are linked to the actual cases and uh, actual laws and such. So that seems like very <laughs> an awesome way to start. Um, yeah. I would love if they had, like, a free trial so I could, like, check it out. But they it do. looks we talk like about you, there's probably. a free trial. There's a free trial? You don't know uh, that. There's a free trial. Yeah, no, there's a free trial. You can sign oh, okay. up for there it. Is? Can, yeah, it's they, pretty they publicly mean, on their website. Okay. They wanted me to have to... Uh, they wanted to make me sign up for like a, a demo or something on like a Tuesday. Oh, wow. It only gave me one day. And I was yeah, like, I, I mean, can't do it. Anyway. It's like going to get a free gift from a timeshare, right? You got to sit through their spiel. <laughs> yeah, I got and they, they have no idea that I'm not the partner in charge of those conversations. Right. You wear a fancy hat and they'll they'll think you're a partner. You look real yeah. fancy and they, <laughs> yeah. they assume you're the partner. Some kind I'll of pull out, I'll it. pull one out from my Trilby slash Fedora collection that I have there right behind me. That's how um, people know you're fancy or you have a lot of money. If you walk right, same yeah. thing for the timeshare meetings. You go with a little fancy hat and they, they assume you have have a lot of money. But so the sandboxing thing you were saying where basically it's not looking at the outside world. That seems super interesting to me. The one question I so I have a lot of questions, but one question I have that I know you can't answer is just to the outside world here is that you I assume the language model is still the language model that has been built um yeah. more generally, right? Because otherwise if the if the the AI only knows about the you know, say the case law and the statutes that you expose it to, it's not going to be very useful because all it can really do is duplicate what it has seen, right? It needs yeah. a larger data set. So cutting it off from access to the outside world via the internet, that is great to sort of limit, like, so you make sure you're not getting some kind of like e-how answer for, you know, how to sue my bad boss.com or something, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want, you want it to be limited to the world that it's it's viewing. But as long as that language model is the one that has been built and gives us wrong answers for things, it seems that you could still arrive at that because there is some baked yeah. in uh, the, issues. The basics with, of language, the ABCs of language I had to learn from somewhere else. Right. Uh, and so any I problems would, there are coming yeah. with it. I, I would love to see. I think it would be very funny to see a language model trained only on legal language. I bet it would be very bad and very uh, dry and boring. It would be like the most pretentious gunner in your law school class. Like, yeah. that, again, probably a, a guy who wore a hat. There's going to be a lot a, of two-wit. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the guy always sat in the front. Our guy had a, um, he had a, I think it was an umbrella, but he had like a gold handle on the umbrella he walked around with. Oh, he looked no. like Mr. Peanut. Yeah, it was not oh, no. it <laughs> as cool as he thought he was. But that's what I think that that language model would, would sound yeah. like that guy. Yeah, it's going to be all, uh, they're going to name the model Learned Hand, and it's going to be all like <laughs> spewing uh, 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 Posner and mm-hmm. Scalia uh, isms. 
Yeah, uh, you're gonna hear a lot about originalism, and uh, yeah, it's it'll be just a hot mess. It'll be a great AI. I'm excited to see what it looks like. Uh, try it myself. Yeah, me too. I mean, and so the the other just really yeah, quickly before too. we move on. <laughs> yeah, you don't know anything about it. The, uh, before we move on, the other thing I, I've been thinking about is uh, today Microsoft. Uh, I don't remember how they name their products. It's not Office 365. <laughs> I think they call it Microsoft it's Copilot. 365. Yeah, it's Microsoft but, 365 Copilot, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Not Office 365 Copilot. Microsoft 365 Copilot. I think that's right. I think. Yeah. So uh, GPT-4 in Microsoft Word. To, I wonder how far that would get most lawyer, most legal professionals that are drafting things. Uh, like oh. a little bit of help, get a quick skeleton e- of uh, emails. Right? Oh, yeah. I'm excited. Oh, I'm excited yeah. for the Heck emails. Yeah, right? Draft yeah, an email to opposing counsel asking where the where my discovery requests are. Look up the discovery request. If it does that, oh man, I, I that, I'm going back to dictation. If I can do that on my on via voice. Just lay back and say, yeah. oh, Alexa. No, not Alexa. Don't do uh, that. Sorry, sorry to everybody listening. Sorry to anybody <laughs> on Amazon. Uh, um, uh, Cortana. That's not going to activate anything. Anybody. <laughs> no. No Cortana, yeah. do this. Uh, and I can just sit back and, man, that would be nice. Uh, again, I've mentioned this before. Bar association coordination. Man, do I send a lot of emails for that stuff. Uh, that is that <laughs> are I don't want to write them. Yeah, I don't want to write them. I don't. Right. Uh, the writing them is the stressful part. I don't want to make you know. Uh, yeah. I don't. How do I spend two paragraphs? Talk, you know, in language that I'm sure I've written a million times. Anyway, you know what I've used it for that's like super helpful now, like with ChatGPT, is um, write me an email asking for these things, but put each thing in a separate sentence and, you know, make it sound nice. And then I just paste in a list of like documents I know I need or something. And it'll just nice. turn like mm. a simple thing like that, that I just don't want to sit around trying to type out, you know, and then please also, it's basically just doing all the niceties. That's what I trust it to do is to sort of, you know, tack in the, you know, make this into language, yeah. so not just control Ving a, uh, a bulleted list to somebody. That That's yeah. how, you know, neither of us feel like we've, you know, we're, we've earned it yet. Because yeah. you know the <laughs> the young the young associates have su- you know nice intros and you know yeah. uh, in flower you you know proper language all right. well done and then the old partners are like where is this no yeah. no uh, no punctuation sent nope. from my iPhone <laughs> or um, okay period where where's the di- yeah. where's the disco where's the disco no punctuation. Um, so yeah, we'll eventually get there. But until then, there's Chat GPT. Hey, <laughs> at least the at least the boomers are putting no punctuation in their things, right? Because otherwise, the young millennials and the Zoomers are going to think like, "Oh, there's punctuation in this." Like they're being passive aggressive to me. Like, oh yeah. man, if you put yeah. in a pair, well, I mean, periods are definitely passive aggressive. Honestly, yeah, like, I'm fired. Yeah, if you get something yeah. with a period at the end of it, in a I text message, have you ever put a t- period on a text message, Jason? All the time. All the time. Really? Ugh. I have not. Yeah. I don't think I have. I, I type multi I type multi sentence text messages. Why would I not use a period? How do you know where one starts? No, at and the, the end, one stops. No, no. A yeah, period no, in I the agree. middle doesn't matter. Period that doesn't at the count. End is the question. Just like I mean, uh, like okay, if I'm period with somebody. Sometimes, okay. sometimes my exactly. reflex. Sometimes, That's the point. Yeah. No, so, it's sometimes, sometimes if my reflex will take over and like you guys do the thing on your phones where you double tap the space bar and it gives you a yeah. period instead. Like sometimes yeah. my reflex for that is strong and maybe I'll start another yeah. sentence and you know, delete it and just let it stand on the last sentence and leave the period there. Like 
am I committing a, a big offense against people? I don't know. Maybe, In, I, maybe I'm more boomer than I want to admit. I, I don't mm. think it's a big deal anymore because I think more people are using uh, voice, uh, yeah. voice text. So, and yeah. that adds a lot of punctuation that you might not yeah. necessarily need. So I don't think it's as big of a deal as it used to be. No, even just like iMessage and like the, the, um, the merger of text messaging with chatting on a computer, I think also added to that too, because you might yeah. be using a keyboard and it's not that crazy to hit the period. But if you, if yeah. you're hitting period on like an old, one of those where double space didn't do the period on the, on the, uh, on-screen keyboard, you're angry. You're, 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 you're mad at somebody. Also, if you have a period, but it's followed by an emoji, I think that blunts the, the trauma. <laughs> but it depends. It's, Didn't we it, talk about the emojis a couple of weeks ago where uh, we, we don't know what they mean? We think we know what they mean and we don't. Like the smiling one, the dead eye smiling smi- one means like something just terrible. Just smiling is weird. I, who just, just a smiling emoji? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. In a professional context, that would be yeah. off-putting. <laughs> so, fellas. Hey, yeah. Andrew. Yo, what uh, rec- what's going on with you? What uh, recommendations <laughs> do you have? I have a very easy recommendation. It's quick. Um, Go. Basically, if you have an old computer, you should upgrade it to a new computer. The M2. I have got a Mac Mini M2 Pro, um, the like middle of the road one. I don't, I don't remember what it is. The 10 core uh, CPU. I think 12 core GPU, um, and two 38 inch screens moving up from a two, um i'm sorry 228 two, two 30, 30, oh my 228 okay. i'm right. sorry oh my God. i'm sorry that's Oop, more reasonable yes just two of them next to each other like low like not expensive not not because i'm waiting for the new pro display um you know reasonable like i don't know what they were maybe 350 bucks each not not outlandishly yeah. expensive screens samsung's they're fine they're 4k two of them next to each other 4k fantastic nice. uh enjoying it quite a bit a uh, little little finicky. The Mac Mini is a little weird. It has an, a one HDMI uh, port, and it has a bunch of USB Cs, and they have DisplayPort out over USB C. And HDMI was giving me 4K. This, nobody's going to care about this, but if you have this problem, <laughs> the one person listening is going to go, "Oh, okay." HDMI does 4K at 60 hertz. Um, the USB C out to HDMI does 4K at 30 hertz. But if you do USB C out to DisplayPort, it does 4K at 60 hertz so get that cable it's like (laughs) and there you go so my recommendation is if you have an old computer get a new computer you don't need to go for a mac studio if you're something like an attorney or somebody that's even just doing a little bit of uh like i do a little bit of video editing do a little bit of audio editing and stuff more than enough great computer really good can't recommend enough the the mac mini is the one that's like a little box that goes on your the little like uh personal pan pizza style uh computer yeah Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Uh, I have a one recommendation, which is uh, well, kind of, yeah, yes. I think I would call it a recommendation. Uh, Phantom Brigade, which is a game. I'm always recommending games here. Um, it's a mech tactics game. It came out on Steam. It just came out out of early access. Uh, came out a couple weeks ago. Uh, so it's tactics like it's XCOM, but both of you are taking your turns. It's set up where it's the turns are five second increments. Both sides uh, play their turns at the same time. So you press the play button and both people's five seconds go off and you're planning out what your mechs are doing for the next five seconds. And so you're like, run up this side of the road for, you know, three seconds, then turn and shoot and then run again. The the gimmick, the trick to it is that your side in this in this political war uh, has something called a prediction engine. So you get to see what they are planning to do for the next five five seconds. 
like a um like you you see a little red indicator showing that they plan to t- they're going to shoot it's like a little time machine they're gonna okay. run this way and shoot and it's always right unless you interfere with it so like if you shoot in the first second and you shoot off one of the mech's legs uh it'll obviously fall down instead of keep going like it might have and that might affect you later because like maybe your other mech was going to shoot and instead of shooting the the location where it would have been it shoots where it fell down and maybe that gets another mech caught in the crosshairs or something like that or maybe it misses because it was actually behind a building Anyway, so it's like it's the a, grandfather it's paradox game. of you go back in time. It is the grandfather, grandfather yes. then you don't exist. Okay. Except, hmm. uh, yeah, the the mech killing paradox. Yes, but it's, it's five very, minutes it's like or that. five seconds rather. Hmm. Yeah, but it's uh, cool. it's a good one if you're into if you're into tactic tactic games. Uh, if you liked BattleTech, the tactics game, uh, you'd probably like this one. This is an entire genre of game I've never heard of. I will try it. I've, yes. I, none of that. I'm, I'm sure I'll play it and then I'll listen back to what you just said. Um, <laughs> But I dissociated while you were speaking because I didn't know what I mean. <laughs> that's, that's, that's understandable. Look, that's, I went somewhere else. That's a common reaction to mech tactics discussion. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. My recommendation or what's going on is an anti-recommendation. I'm going to say that daylight saving time is stupid <laughs> and we should stop doing it. And you should uh, write letters to your Congress people. You should write letters to your, uh, I don't know, uh, your state legislature people. Uh, daylight saving time should end. It's stupid. I have no idea why we're still doing it. Uh, apparently, it's because chambers of commerce around the nation think that it's good for certain businesses. Chambers of commerce, stop being stupid. Let's end daylight saving time, please. I anti-recommend daylight saving time. You know, Florida is either your best friend or your worst enemy. Because did you know we passed a law to eliminate the daylight savings time change? But you can't do it yet because Congress has right. to act before it can actually go into effect. So Florida right. is not like Florida is not a great champion in this re- respect. Florida is like one, one of something like well, thirty states that have already done this. Oh, the doesn't Arizona do not do it? So just to be clear, right, you guys don't, right. you don't want to get rid of state, yeah. You don't want to get rid of daylight savings time, right? You want to get rid of the opposite. You want to go into daylight savings times, which is where we are now, and stay here, right? I don't. I don't care which we keep. You just don't. I care change. that we stop changing. <laughs> yeah. And okay. It was great because it used to be. Uh, it used to be Arizona and Indiana, mm-hmm. where I used to live and will soon live again. Uh, that did not do it, and then for some reason that I don't understand, Indiana started doing it probably because they got tired of flip flopping back and forth between Central and Eastern time, and that screwed up everybody's like TV watching schedule mm. uh, and sporting schedule. Uh, but Arizona, I think, still does it. They're on mountain so. time, I think, normally. And so, like, that's a just a abandoned, lawless wasteland anyway. So, like, who knows yeah. what's happening? Uh, and, like, you're flip-flopping between central, between a nothing time and Pacific time, is my guess. Fine, whatever. Uh, but, yeah, like, let's just, I don't care which we pick. Let's just pick one and stay with it. So that we don't have these super disruptions to circadian rhythms and all sorts of other, I don't know, just body stuff. (laughs) Let's just, yeah, no more. Put an end to it. I'm with you. End it. I I would prefer we stay with what we have. This, you know, spring forward. Let's let's keep this. But uh, I'm with you. I'll land wherever you want. Just stop changing. No body stuff. Nobody body stuff. Nobody stuff. <laughs> <our> body stuff. <laughs>